gentlemen. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I pushed that button. Why didn't go on right away? I don't know. Welcome to the third and final hour of the Live with Rank show today. Appreciate you tuning in as promised. My next interview is up, and I was really interested to hear about this. Many of you sent me some documents that were created from the circuit court for the county of Kalamazoo. David is representing parents who were suing Comstock Public Schools. And from what I can tell, and that's why I asked Dave to come on air, uh, from what I can tell, this is the first win that I can remember, and he can explain that better. I was talking to him during break, and we just ran out of time. Uh, When it comes to a a constitutional clause like the non-delegation clause. Now, we've interviewed David in the past for the uh, different uh, parents and parent groups that were suing their school districts in many of my listening areas. So let's welcome back to the Live with the Rang Show, Dave Delaney. Good morning, Dave. Thanks a lot for calling in. I do appreciate that on such short notice because I was trying to understand what was being sent to me by a number of people, the documents. It was handwritten, so that was interesting, too, uh, why it was handwritten as it is typed in. Uh, what happened yesterday in the courthouse in the county of Kalamazoo when it comes to the Comstock Park public schools case you were representing parents on? Uh, good morning. I, I think the first thing to know about this is what you indicated is the non-delegation clause of the Michigan Constitution and the U.S. Constitution in all states have the same provision. And it's a separation of powers, which was developed by James Madison, um, and he divided the government's power into three, which is legislative, they write the laws, executive, they enforce the laws, and judicial they interpret the laws. And what Madison said was, as long as that balance of power stays, there will not be tyranny. Once one of those branches has the other branch's power, then the tyranny develops. And let me give you an example that I've always used in this case. The legislature determines that the speed limit is 55 miles an hour. That's the law. That's enforced by the executive branch, which is law enforcement. And I'm pro-law enforcement, but I use it as a good example. All they do is enforce it. They either write you a ticket or they don't write you a ticket. The judicial interprets that, meaning is 55 a good speed? Is it reasonable? Is it fair? What is the person, in fact, speeding? So you get a fair shake. You could challenge the legislature's speed. You could challenge the executive branch's enforcement. And you can ask a court to interpret that. When that balance of power shifts... Uh, is when the issues develop. So, for example, the police cannot determine the speed limit. So they can't be out on the highway saying, well, today it's 45, tomorrow 65. We're also going to regulate the number of cars, the number of passengers that you can have, the color of your car, the direction, things like that. That's for Congress to do. So going back to the emergency powers, which was decided by the Michigan Supreme Court in 2021, the legislature had given the executive branch law-writing power, um, whether or not a business could open, if you could buy paint, if you could put a boat in the water. 
And the Supreme Court of Michigan intervened and said, no, you can't do that. Congress, if you want a law, you have to write it. You cannot give that power to another branch. So they struck it down. Then uh, the executive branch looked at the health department laws. That's the Michigan Public Health Code. And then began to regulate in late 2020, uh, 2021, restaurants. What time they could open, what time they could close indoor dining, um, how many people could be in there, social distancing, requiring the mask. And then um, in January of this year... Well, if I may add, this is what Dave's talking about, is this is when the Michigan Supreme Court said it's unconstitutional what you're doing after, I think it was 28 days, Governor Whitmer, uh, you can't do that any longer. You can't just write your executive orders. These are laws that should be written or debated and then voted on, I should say, in the house and then she said okay if you're not going to let me do that i'm just going to just going to uh, issue my executive orders through the health department and in which she did so is that yes, what you're explaining you yes you've opened another door there and uh and your questions are good so please jump in it's your show right um that's so you've got the emergency power act from 1945 that's gone that's been that's been shut down by the courts right and the legislature because it delegated law writing power to the executive branch. Then there's the Emergency Management Act. That one's still good because it met the non-delegation test, meaning that the, the governor was given authority to have some interim regulations, but only for 28 days. Once that 28 days is up, it then bounces back to the legislature to approve it. So James Madison is okay with this because there's a balance of power there. You've got legislative overlooking the executive on their law writing. And 28 days really is not that long in, in the life of a pandemic, if you will. So that one is still good because it meets the test. Then the health department laws were then acted upon um, by the executive branch. And inside the health department laws, again, they were advising ordering restaurants when they could open, when they could close. Do you remember it was 10 o'clock? No, it's 11. You can have 25 people, 25%. And, and the Gaylord Court in January of this year said, no, that's a non-delegation problem because you're writing laws. You're dictating what restaurants can and can't do. And then the court struck down that health department law. Now enter the schools. They have their own rules. Those are, that's called the revised school code. In the revised school code is a provision called safety and welfare. Now, let me back up a minute. In the Emergency Powers Act, the only requirements to write laws were reasonable and necessary. Courts said not good enough. So what I tell parents is, for example, if you tell your child, here's the keys to the car, take it whenever it's reasonable and whenever it's necessary, what you think is going to happen. It's always reasonable, and it's always necessary to be out at 2 a.m. with their friends at the Taco Bell. So it's, there are no restrictions on it. So then the health law, the Emergency Power Act, said reasonable and necessary. The health law just said necessary. So if reasonable and necessary is not going to make it, necessary is not going to make it either. So the Gaylord Court struck down that law and severed it from the Michigan Public Health Code. And that's now on appeal up into the Michigan Supreme Court. So so that's those two. Now we go to the school code. What's the school code say? 
school code says that um, whenever there is a safety and welfare issue, the the school can enact laws, if you will, rules for the students to follow. So we argued to the circuit court in Kalamazoo yesterday. We filed it on Tuesday, and the order was entered on Wednesday. If reasonable and necessary can't make it, if necessary can't make it, then safety and welfare can't make it because it doesn't have any criteria under which um, the executive branch, which a school is, can act. At the core of this is that lawmaking is given to um, the legislative branch, the elected folks, so there's accountability. That's what Thomas Jefferson envisioned. If you don't like what the legislature is doing, out they go in two years. In the executive branch, uh, you have employees, whether it's school teachers or health officials, writing laws. They can't be unelected. So that's another core um, issue in this case. And briefly, uh, Rank, it's a three-part test. Does the law provide for a duration? If it doesn't, it fails because it's indefinite. Are there standards to guide the executive branch, such as the 28 days, which is also covering duration? And finally, what's the scope? So if you look at the school, for example, safety and welfare says I can put a mask on a child and I can do it as long as I want. Are there any rules? Well, you know, the pandemic and things like that. What about guidelines? No guidelines. The safety and uh, welfare is broadly interpreted. What about the scope? Well, it could include quarantining, could include uh, social distancing and masking and things like that. So the circuit judge yesterday lined those up and said safety and welfare doesn't make the cut uh, because it's it's delegating law writing from Congress to the executive branch. And to get to the point, Congress could simply pass a law today. The House and Senate in Michigan could pass a law, and the governor could sign it saying children in school will wear masks. Now it's constitutionally compliant because they passed a law. It's still challenging the judiciary, but the right path is being followed, and uh, you can unelect those officials if you don't like it. But that has not happened here. And I have one more point to make. Um, in January of twenty of this year, uh, 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, determined that OSHA did not have the authority to issue uh, a vaccine mandate. Now, keep in mind, that also included the masks. And so what the Supreme Court told OSHA was, that's Congress's job. They want to have a vaccine mandate, they have to do it, not the um, executive branch. You don't have the authority to do that and to require masks at the workplace. So OSHA would be in the same sphere, if you will, as a school. Uh, you know, they provide a certain function for, for people, um, and, they, and they have some degree of uh, regulatory aspect. And so the Supreme Court decision actually came out the same day as the Iron Pig restaurant decision, and they're on the same page. And the Supreme Court told OSHA, uh, you're getting close to non-delegation here, so you're going to have to pick. If you want the power to vaccine, we're going to shut it down as a non-delegation, and that's going to destroy the OSHA Act, and we don't want to do that. So here they said, we're just going to say you don't have the power. With the schools, they have maintained throughout the state of Michigan in various courts that they have the power under safety and welfare without any restrictions. 
So I think this judge stepped in and said, okay, you were given an opportunity to act constitutionally, and you're not going to. So I'm entering an injunction in a temporary restraining order, finding that safety and welfare violates the Constitution. All right, if we can take a quick break, if we can, we'll come back on the other side and just try to simplify it for all of you guys. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Live with Rank show. Appreciate that very, very much. On air with us is attorney David Delaney. He's representing parents, well, many different groups of parents across the state against their school districts. Now, some of you may be wondering, well, why are we still doing this? Uh, because so many have dropped their mandates. Well, this is actually the most important part of what we're doing. Well, I take that back. What they did to the children via education and making them wear a mask when they didn't need to, that uh, is more important. But this certainly will help stop it maybe the next time. The question I have, and it's not necessarily for David, but why didn't these courts take this up quicker? I mean, they were all uh, uh, complicit in dragging their feet in this, I think, unless he wants to answer that. A ruling came down yesterday in Kalamazoo County Circuit Court, and it was the group of parents he's representing versus the Comstock Public Parks, excuse me, schools. And it says that it's hereby ordered that uh, MCL 380-11A3B violates the non-delegation clause of the Michigan Constitution. And that's what David was trying to explain to us uh, last hour. I want him to try to make it as simple as possible. What does it mean moving forward? So let's go back to the phone lines. Good morning, David. Thanks a lot for staying back on or holding on during that break. so they violated Comstack Park. Thus, everyone violated uh, this uh, non-delegation law. First of all, let me ask you this. Is this something that can now be applied statewide? The, the courts, the other courts in Michigan are free to um, review this decision um, as having weight in decisions that they will make. I will say this, to my knowledge, it's the first court in the state of Michigan at any level to determine preliminarily, because the case is only two days old, preliminarily that the uh, masking of children in schools violates the Constitution. And so... Court, this court is the first one through the door, if you will, um, and other courts are um, able to assess that um, merit and then apply that ruling um, to uh, their own situation. But the facts are the same. The school has a mass mandate, and the Constitution has a non-delegation provision. So there really aren't any disputes about the fact, the facts or the law. Uh, and additionally, there's strong precedent. We have the Supreme Michigan Supreme Court, not Idaho or California. Michigan Supreme Court ruled on a very similar issue, as did the Gaylord Court uh, on another issue. So you can line these up fairly easily and reach the same conclusion. Okay. So what does it mean in this case? The Comstock Park schools cannot order kids to wear a mask? at least now? That's correct. Um, so what 
what you have, the broader picture here, is that the school code, a set of school laws, how to run a school, was enacted, you know, probably 1976, and then it gets amended, and then in 1996, I think, the safety and welfare provision was put into the uh, school code. So the school code is designed to run a school. The school code was never built to address a pandemic or COVID-19. So you're pressing a law uh, with something it was never intended to deal with. You're pushing something onto a law that has to handle this, this new frontier. Congress in Lansing has not taken any action uh, since the pandemic. It's not a criticism at all. I'm just indicating that Congress could have stepped in and said, we're revising the school code and we're going to add provisions that allow the school to make health decisions regarding children. I believe California did that. Their legislature stepped in and merged um, the school code with the health code. That hasn't happened in, in Michigan. There's been no changes to the health code or the school code since the pandemic, which I think Congress is indicating it's working as it is. So the uh, effectively, the circuit judge in Kalamazoo said, okay, looking at the school code, it doesn't have, it doesn't grant the school authority to mask children, as I read it, according to the court, and as we argued to the court in our pleadings. And no other and court because, has to follow that. They can simply review it, but they don't have to follow it. That's correct, because there are circuit court rulings. Um, but in this particular circumstance, let's take the, the word safety and welfare. Safety and welfare may mean one thing in Kalamazoo County, and it may mean something else in Van Buren County. And, and so it's in the eye of the beholder. But when you get to constitutional questions, um, the checklist is pretty narrow and it's pretty straight. Either it complies or it doesn't. There should not be room for for that type of interpretation. And, and we think the two decisions, the Emergency Power Act and the Iron Pig decision in Gaylord, are very consistent and they're very clear. And it comes down to simply the three-part test. So what is going to um, happen Is there a limit? And then we'll get to the, well, go ahead. Go ahead with the report. Yeah, the next thing that happens is that there will be a hearing uh, on March 10th at 4 o'clock um, before the um, circuit court. Because when a temporary injunction, a temporary restraining order, excuse me, is entered, um, it has a shelf life. And it must convert to an injunction, although the court did check the injunction box. But putting aside the labels for a moment, uh, you're immediately asking someone to stop doing something. That's what a temporary restraining order is. That person that's been told to stop doing that has due process rights to say, why do I have to stop doing this? And so the court promptly, you know, in March 10th is promptly, sets a hearing for the party that's been restrained, told to stop, to let to give them their side of the story. So the school will need to come to the court on March 10th and explain to the court why the school is not violating the Michigan Constitution. And in my view, a tall order. All right. And the, and the three things, uh, once again, you were uh, going to explain, uh, the three tests are? 
um, what is the duration, and is there any limit, number one, on the duration of the mandate? In this case, no. It's entered, and there's no 25 days or 10 days, like the 28 days, right? There's no restriction on the employee's power to have this mandate. I can lift it. I can put it back on. There's no control. Number two, are there standards? Does did the legislature give the executive branch some guidelines? Here's your checklist on what these things mean. What does safety mean? What does welfare mean? Um, and there's criteria. There, there's a there's a an instruction manual, if you will, from the legislature. And finally, the scope. Is it limited to um, just social distancing, to just quarantine, to just masks? No. It just says safety and welfare. And you can put anything you want under safety. The broader you interpret safety and welfare, the more power you have. So we're back to James Madison, and we're back to tyranny. The school is writing the law, and they're enforcing the law, and they can't have both those powers. And so there's your three-part test. All right, so and all three, of those parts must, all three of those parts must be satisfied for it to be legal, in this guy's mind. That's correct. That's correct. All right. And that's what... Go ahead, and that's what you can finish your thought. Oh yeah, I was going to say that's what that's what uh, was the downfall for the Emergency Powers Act and the Health Department Act was that it could not survive that test. And well, it's really, interesting how this judge and, saw that, and other judges didn't. Well, the, but the non-delegation argument on the school code had never been presented to any court. It's pending. It's pending in Gaylord. Um, and it's pending in other jurisdictions. Wasn't it pending? Didn't you present to- it to Portage, I thought? No. Oh. We okay. did not. All right. But remember, the the non-delegation argument really began to get momentum in the Iron Pig decision. In-race certified was out there. <laughs> you asked earlier about courts reading these things. Remember, this is all cases of first impression. This is all new territory for experienced judges and experienced lawyers to say, wait a minute, we have a mask mandate under a health code and a school code. That's never been done before, which is what the Supreme Court told OSHA. You've never had a vaccine mandate in 100 years. Where where are you getting this authority from? And that's the same question being answered here. So we have no place to look. There's no owner's manual on the shelf uh, anywhere in a law library to know how to answer these questions. All right, I got to take a quick break. I, I'm sorry about that. You're listening live with Rank. We'll be right back. You're listening live with Rank. And real quickly before we get back to the content, are you guys struggling with your health issues? I've been talking to you guys about it for years now. I, many years ago, struggled with my weight issue until I met the ladies at My Pure Health Solutions. You guys, many of you know the story. I lost 86 pounds in a fairly short amount of time because I figured out or they figured out for me what my body needed and what it didn't need. When you get older, 40 and older, it's a little bit tougher. Metabolic hormones come into play and slows down things, stops you from weight loss. Many of you probably joined programs in the past. Take this pill, drink that shake, count this point, eat this food. And it may have worked. And then when you stop doing all those things, you gain your weight back. This teaches you all about your body. Not only get you where you want to be in a fairly quick amount of time, 
as long as you're diligent and do what they tell you to do and follow it religiously. But it teaches you what to do after to keep yourself in healthy, in a healthy status as well as the weight off. That's why their custom weight loss program is so different. So my Pure Health Solutions, their program will help you jumpstart your metabolism, balance your hormones, gets rid of all those disgusting toxins in your body that you probably didn't even know you had in it, and it resets your metabolism. The average client's losing 20 to 40 pounds in 40 days, including inches, as they like to say. So give them a call. Write down this number. Let them know Rank sent you. And you'll get not only that free in-depth consultation, but $100 off your program. All you need to do is call 269-964-4044. 269-964-4044. You can also email me at rank, R-E-N-K, at townsquaremedia.com, and I'll get you that information. But if you're ready to take the next step to great health, or certainly greatly improved health with the added benefit of losing weight, give them a call. Now, this interview has gone on quite a while because it's very interesting and in-depth. Let's welcome back to the show, David Delaney. He's just got a little bit more, a few more things to say before we move on. So, Dave, you this is the first time this non-delegation, this constitutional issue won well, I guess you said it was presented in the court, and that's here in the county court, circuit court in Kalamazoo, and actually one for now, a, a temporary injunction is 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 placed, which means Comstock Park cannot dictate that your parent, kids must wear masks. Is that all correct? Yeah, that's correct. I, I recommend that the Comstock uh, school officials talk to their attorney uh, following the entry of this order between now and March 10th, and they're going to have to make a decision about um, going forward with the mask mandate. There are contempt powers that a court has for violating a court order, so I'm going to leave it to the counsel for the school to, um, you know, to make a prudent decision regarding that order. All right, so what do you want the listeners here in Michigan to realize what happened and what, what where do we go from here the first thing i want to do which is the most important is thank the parents in the state of michigan they're the patriots here it's not about their council um, or any other council in the matter it's about the parents because they have children uh, that have been masked in this case and they're the ones that went to the board meetings and they're the ones that fought um and it was pushed back and things like that and that's Frank, that's what it's about. It's about those people. It's not about their counsel ever. But what I recommend is that if you're in a jurisdiction that still has a mask mandate or a school, ask the school, either at a board meeting or the superintendent directly, what is your authority to mask these children? And, and we want specific answers, not school code or the law, things like that. The answer is likely to be safety and welfare. And then ask them, you know, had they reviewed the decision of the Kalamazoo Circuit Court, and what do they or their counsel think about that? Because that is, you know, certainly a premise to look at, but the courts have said no on that issue. Some courts may view things differently, but this is the first court ever to look at that. And I think that uh, the, the parents 
can get more specific answers now from the schools. Well, I appreciate you coming on air, and I hope that you can contact me or you will contact me after that March 10th court hearing if there's to give us all an update because it's just not just Comstock Park. This is all of Michigan that we're talking about, and this will eventually, I assume, make it up to the Michigan Supreme Court because decisions, precedent has to be made. We can't go through this again is my unlegal opinion. I, I agree, and I believe it'll it'll go to those courts uh, once we're we're through this first round of the circuit court um, rulings, and I, I greatly appreciate um, your time and and have a great week. You too. Thank you very much. That was David Delaney, the lawyer for those parents. Well, as I said, several groups of parents suing several school districts in my area, listening areas, and beyond. And it isn't just about Comstock Park. It is about moving forward and what happens when we may run into this again. So hopefully it will get to the Supreme Court in Michigan and they make a decision one way or the other. Some will like it, some won't like it. But it won't be cowboy style like it has been for the last two years. Lines are back open. 269-441-9595. James wrote me when we talk about the gas prices going up. Because as I said, with what happened in Ukraine, it's continuing to get worse and worse and worse. It is, it's going to go up. James writes, quote, we are discussing the past. When gas was three ninety nine several years ago, how everything went up because of shipping products had to absorb the high gas prices from peanut butter to everything else. Then gas went to one seventy five, and no one asked why prices didn't go down. How is it justified that they say the gas prices increase will, increase will cause everything to go up again? It already did that. We're all confused, or do the talkers think... We are all ignorant and just don't remember. Well, James, I hope you mean by the talkers. I hope you mean, uh, I should say, uh, not me, but the uh, politicians. It's a good point. We're going to take a quick break. Come back on the other side. I'm going to play that clip from the leader of this trucker convoy that's coming across the country Headed for Washington, D.C. I think it was very smart of them to put out this audio. It's a video, but this audio. So you should check it out. And uh, an interesting comment by a lawyer and deep thinker, Douglas Murray, about the one of the Biden's reaction, his administration, what he did in regards to Russia. You listen live with Rank. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Live with Rank show. Kelly wrote, and I'm glad you did. Uh, sorry to correct you, Rank, but it's Comstock, not Comstock Park. Comstock Park is in Grand Rapids. You are 100% correct. I was looking at the actual document that the court produced, and I saw park instead of public. So I was probably thinking of the Grand Rapids area. So I wasn't seeing Comstock, Comstock public schools each time. I guess sometimes I was saying Comstock Park schools. It is not Comstock Park. Thank you, Kelly. It is Comstock Public Schools. (sighs) 
Now, before we run out of time, I need to play this for you. So many of you know from Barstow, California, I think it started already. They're trucking across the country and uh, kind of like what happened in Canada. And they want to stop or end in Washington, D.C. the day of, uh, I think Biden's given some speech next week. State of the Union speech, like a month late. Uh, that should be interesting, especially with the, the world going to, you know, hell in a handbag. And he was not going to be this guy, right? It was Trump that was going to do that. But Trump kept us safe. Trump kept other people safe. Now we've got Russia doing what they're doing. I'm sure China's sitting there going, licking their chops when it comes to Taiwan. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised at all if China moves on Taiwan. What are we going to do? Now we got Russia moving on Ukraine. We got China moving on on Taiwan. Many Democrats, not all, but many. And the president so far doesn't, uh, is saying no. But many Democrats want, certainly the punditry I saw on CNN and MSNBC, they're all war hawks now. Well, we got to defend democracy. Well, look up what Ukraine is. It's not a democracy. Their president, who was this actor, comedian, nice guy, is actually jailing opposition leaders and closing down media that he doesn't like. So they're not a democracy. And if it is nothing to do with defending NATO, but defending democracies, well, there's countries all in the world we're going to have to go fight for now. But before we, uh, I run out of time, this is a, a preemptive strike, I think, by the leader of this trucker convoy uh, discussing what is actually happening. Here it is. This message is for the president of the United States of America. My name is Kyle Sefcik of the Freedom Convoy USA 2022. And our routes meet here in D.C. on March 1st in time for your State of the Union address. We are very organized and our routes are public. I even pulled a permit for the National Mall to be respectful. I just want to be as transparent as possible from the start so there's no confusion. We are coming peacefully and we're going to do this lawfully and constitutionally. I want the rest of the world to know our plans so that there's no twisting and lying about who and what we are. I'm coming to you as a father, a small business owner who's unaffiliated to any parties. We just want government overreach to end. On behalf of Freedom Convoy USA 2022, we are asking you to end the state of emergency, end the mandates once and for all. Sir, the world is watching us because they know that if what's happening in Canada happens to us here in the land of the free, then freedom as we know it is gone. So we are leaving the choice to you. The decision is in your hands. This whole convoy this whole assembly on the National Mall, it doesn't even have to happen if you just end things now and we can get on with our lives. To you other convoys that plan on meeting us here, we look forward to seeing you and joining with you. We're gonna do this right. We're gonna do this honorably. Mr. President, we have no other motives in this mission. You see, the government, our elected officials of both parties have failed us tremendously these last two years. And now it's time for us, we, the people, to fix this, to end this. We're ready to get back to our lives, the ones promised and guaranteed in the United States Constitution, Bill of Rights, and the contract that you signed and swore an oath to under the one true God. This is simple. End this. Correctly done. We come in peace. That's what I thought of it. We come in peace. I titled it.
because there's many on the left who want these people to be physically attacked. People in the Democrat Party and their media. I've seen it yesterday. So this was a very smart move by them. We come in peace. This is why we're coming. So let's see what happens. That's what those truckers are doing. Now, those of you who are in my listening area, if you'd like, you can make it out to Battle Creek tonight. Cal County's having their Tea Party meeting from 6 to 8.30. It's really 6.30 to 8.30, but if you want to eat dinner there at the American Legion Post, 298, that's from 6 to 6.30, $11 for their dinner. It's optional. Megan Womack from Secure Michigan Vote Petition Drive will be there giving an update. And then Michigan Senate Red Flag Gun Seizure Legislation will be discussed by Brendan Baudreau from Great Lakes Gun Rights, along with Joel Fulton from the Freedom Firearms. And Michigan State Senator Dr. John Bison will be there to explain the devastating effects these democracy-sponsored bills or these Democrat-sponsored bills will have. Do I have time to play this? This is Douglas Murray, a thinker, an author, and talking about, well, you listen to it. And you decide if Biden's taken this serious or not. Just astonishing. I mean, the moment that the Biden administration said, you know, we're sending Kamala Harris to sort this out, you just sort of, where to start, you know? Uh, she, she, she arrived at the Munich Security Concert on a Conference on Sunday. Do you know what she said to her European counterparts? She said... She said, we're looking here at the real possibility of war in Europe. And, and just think about that for a moment, guys. I mean, this is serious. This is a possibility of war in Europe. And we should stop and think about that. Wow. Shaglock, how could we do without you? You know, uh, she's telling this to her European counterparts. It, it's not even an insight. It's not even a banality. Yeah. I don't know whether she was trying to bore her European counterparts or, or send these sort of boring verbal missiles to Vladimir Putin till he gave in. <laughs> it doesn't say anything. It doesn't do anything. It's just another banality. It does nothing to stop Vladimir Putin. There's, a, there's this debate now going on about exactly what Vladimir Putin wants to take in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Is he going to take the, 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 the parts of the country which he sees as his, which he sees as, as Russian-speaking dominated and therefore able to be consumed by him? Or does it mean he's going to roll all the way to Kiev? Does it mean he's going to take the whole thing and go right up to the borders of NATO countries like Hungary? This is incredibly serious. And nothing that this administration has done in D.C. has shown that they recognize the seriousness of it. I don't listen to her much, so I didn't realize how ridiculous she was when she went over there. And is that who you send? An unserious person? Biden said, the world will hold Putin accountable for his unprovoked and unjustified attacks, end quote, on Ukraine. Really? Well, let's see. You could be holding him accountable right now. Take him off the SWIFT banking program. Take the country off SWIFT. Why are you not doing that, Mr. Biden? He did agree with Trump finally and say, you know what? Trump was right. We're going to put sanctions back on the Nord Stream 2. That's right. Trump was right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show today. Appreciate that. Tomorrow's Free Speech Friday. You guys drive the content of the show. I'll talk to you then. Have a great, safe day. And be safe. I hear it's supposed to be uh, snowing a little bit around here.